1: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network.
2: You are now in the Corn Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Boot Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Kling, alongside my co-hosts, Mr. Matt Verdazzo and Mr. Mason Rutch. And in the background, we got our intern, Chris. Chris, say to the people at home. What's going on? There we go. All right, Chris will be joining us later in the show to go over everything. Picks, who did the best this year the six-pack. Spoiler alert, Matt's still in first place. But I'm gaining ground, and that is what's terrifying. Y'all should be afraid. The king has returned to rule. All right. We're going to start off – it's it's kind of fitting. The name of the show is Swift's Up, Colorado Down. And it's not just the Buffaloes. I'm shitting on the entire state of Colorado this weekend because they're all down bad. We'll start off with last night's games, though, because can Mace, as a fantasy guy, I will ask you this first. Can we actually say, hey, DeAndre Swift is – I guess this will kind of lead us into Rush Report as we're talking about Monday Football first. But DeAndre Swift, he's a solid starting running back now for fantasy.
3: Yeah, it's interesting how quickly that uh, that shifted. You know, we saw Swift have the big game against the Vikings. What was that? Was that week two? Week two. Week two Thursday night. So we saw him have that um, explosion as Gainwell missed with – what was that injury? It wasn't a concussion. Was it like – uh shoulder
2: or something a
3: calf okay yeah something minor obviously it only kept him out for the week but um you know swift took you know great advantage of the fact that um the guy who was the rb1 going into the season uh got banged up after the first week's game and had to sit it out sit out week two and took full advantage of that. And now, like you're saying, Jared, we're seeing him um you know completely transition to being that starter when after week one, it was looking like if you were a Swift owner, you were dead in the water. But now um Swift is totally that, that go to back for them. And we saw like we saw Gainwell kind of at the end of the game since that was a blowout, just get all the carries and they sat Swift yeah. out. But I think in terms of Overall relevancy, yeah. I mean, if you have Gainwell, man, you might be in trouble. Same with Penny, right?
2: Well, anybody who drafted Rashad Penny at this point, you're kind of just like, shit. And so what the word, uh, what I've heard and what I've seen on tape is that the best running back for the system is Swift because Swift is not only a good receiver, he also is just so patient. And then the second he finds a gap, he's out. Kind of a little bit of a balance of like how like they used to run with Shady behind the big zone run scheme. Very same kind of principle. Gainwell's the perfect combo back because he's this skinny. He's like, he's like Henry Parrish on Miami, where the dude is undersized but and Pacheco over in uh for the Kansas City Chiefs, where they're undersized, but they run so damn angry. Like you can tell Kenny Gainwell is Fletcher Cox's cousin because this dude runs like he's trying to hurt people. And I watch him just run like this little skinny steamroller. He'll get six yards a clip. He got stuffed on the first drive. I think that's when Syrian's like, all right, maybe we'll bring in Swift to see if we can get these guys to start missing. And then they they brought in Gainwell for the last two drives, and then I think a drive in the third quarter, and he was just running through tackles. It's the most interesting back duo I've ever seen because I think both of them are 5'9 or 5'8. Both of them are on 200 pounds. I think Gainwell's like 180 now. He got a little bigger this season. And they're just doing it. And they get Boston Scott back in a week. It sucks for Rashad Penny because I think he could have been decent. But he just – I don't think fits a Philly system. I think he fits more of a Tennessee system where it's a downhill, straight-line scheme. The hole is there and he goes. Whereas with Philadelphia, there's a lot more read and react to the zone run scheme. You're seeing a guy like Swift, who I watched, be misused – For four years in Detroit, and I'm like, this guy goes to a good system; he's going to kill people. He's second in the league of rushing right now. So that in two, and he's only played two games. Basically, I don't count the New England game. That should tell you something. Like, yeah, he's he's got 300 yards this year already in three games. That's that's he's averaging 100 yards a game, and he got four carries the first game. So, I think Sirianni found the perfect back for his system with him and Brian Johnson, and. Honestly, he's a perfect combo for Hertz because he's so quick and twitchy. He just needs a half an ounce. He he needs a half an inch of space and he's out.
3: Well, and, and to boot, right? It's like, you know, they just extended Jalen. They don't want him running the ball, you know, 10, 15, 20 times a game. I they, they don't slide yesterday. That was mind-blowing yeah i mean you know and nobody wants that right once you pay your quarterback it's like all right let's let's figure out a legitimate running back kind of threat whether that's one guy two guys maybe three guys um so that you don't have to run so that we don't risk that part of you um i i think to your point Mm -hmm. though jared i i think it's it's interesting. If you have Gainwell, I don't know if I'm dropping him from a fantasy standpoint just oh, because, no, no. because we know Swift's you know health right has been an issue in the past. It absolutely was in Detroit. And so if I'm a Gainwell owner, totally not dropping him, uh, definitely not moving him because – With the yeah, particularly with the Eagles, such a run heavy you know offense. You've got three dudes that that run the ball, and that's kind of their first option. You know, Jalen's kind of developed his passing game more, but you know, Jalen is a a run first type of guy, which is which is fine. Um, but they're a run first offense, not a throw first offense. They're not the Buffalo Bills. They're not the um. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. And so, if I'm a Gainwell owner. I'm stashing him, I'm keeping him, and waiting until Swift, you know, has some kind of injury or Mm. has a concussion or something gets held out for a game and we're back in the same situation as we were a week ago where it's just a one-back kind of system and, and, you know, Gainwell goes for 25-plus in one night. So, So, those are my thoughts. by the way,
2: he's second league only behind McCasterisk who has 15 more carries. Um he, he's, he's the only person who is even about his level and he's only has 19 touches this entire season is Devin, A- Devin, A- how do you pronounce his last name?
3: Devin they just did A- this on McAfee yesterday. I couldn't do it. Uh, so it's pronounced Devin A-Chain. Devin A-Chain.
2: All right. A-Chain. All right. Whatever. Devin A-Chain who has <laughs> 208 yards on 19 fucking carries. Zach Moss. Who has 210 yards on 48 carries, which is wild that he has more carries than Swift does already, which is bewilders me. But yeah, no, Swift right now averaging 6.8 yards a carry on 45 attempts. That's stupid good. And you know what the worst part is? It's not like he's getting stuffed. He's getting four or five yards a clip every time he touches the ball. And that's what is dangerous. Because the one thing I always, and, I'll get a little film nerdy here for a second. Chris, the intern, I know is going to love hearing this. Why I always struggled to root for Miles Sanders was he was too much of an Arian Foster type back where it was one cut and he's downhill. There's no shifty. He can't adjust. He's not patient. He has to go. Swift has a little bit of that Levy on Bell shady where he'll wait a second and then go, but he's running with so much momentum and he runs so strong. He's not getting taken down in the backfield. He's getting a yard or two, even when he has to hesitate for 20 minutes, which perfectly fits this system. So, that being said, Mace, it is time for the Rutcher Report presented by the great people at (sighs) SeatGeek.com. Promo code uh, belly up for $20 off your first purchase. You want your Zach Bryan tickets? I'm using it to go get my uh, Hurricanes Boston College Eagles tickets for Black Friday. Um, A lot of good stuff up there right now. I was going to try to get Eagles, uh, Yankees Dimebacks tickets for for, uh, me and Matt. And then, of course, you know, that ended up badly when every uh, game was rained out. So, Mace, take it away.
3: All right. So, Jared, you briefly touched on this fella. We all saw clips of what he did on Sunday afternoon, Uh, whether that was live during the game or it was post-game. Devin A-Chain, I drafted this dude in all three leagues. I dropped him after week two. Um, Incredibly frustrating. I bought into all the hype preseason. Um, He is no longer on any of my rosters. Uh, He will not be on any of my rosters after this week. And so incredibly frustrating when this happens. I, I also, coming up next, Did the same thing with the second guy on this list. That's Kendra Miller in New Orleans. Um, And so for me, two incredibly frustrating situations that I have to deal with. But nonetheless, Devin Chang, 18 carries for 203 yards with two rushing touchdowns, four receptions for 30 yards with two receiving touchdowns. Just a a monster Hmm. game Um, look. Is he going to replicate this again in his entire career? Probably not. You know, you should absolutely temper your expectations. And it is important to recognize and realize that this is still a split backfield. Um, Mostert's still the number one guy.
1: That's H-Chain, my dude. Too
3: fast, too injured. A chain is a is a great waiver um in the event that Moster goes down. And obviously, like you saw on Sunday everybody's, you know, they're spreading the wealth, right? Like to it, even though Waddle wasn't in, everybody was eating. Tyreek, Mostert, A-Chain, even if you add Waddle in there, A-Chain's still going off, so it doesn't matter, right? Um, but it's important to te- temper your expectations. This dude is not going to do this again. He went off for 51-plus for points, depending on how you score um, in your leagues, and so don't expect that every week. Don't expect this dude to come back this week and honestly drop more than maybe like like 10. I, I wouldn't, you know, bet on that. But um, he is the number one waiver this week. If you have the opportunity, go and get him. He's rostering 40 41% of leagues on Yahoo, 16 he's in ESPN. Up so he's, and
2: it's up to 50 or something like that. Like it's skyrocketed yeah. this morning.
3: Yeah, he, he's out there though. Um, he's definitely out there. So moving on, we've got Kendra Miller. Uh, This week is Alvin Kamara's return from suspension. But Jamal Williams, look, he's on IR. He's totally irrelevant now. And um, it's looking like Carr's going to miss some time with that AC sprain. And so while he's out, they are going to heavily rely on this run game. And we know Kamara is not a high usage type of guy. This isn't a Derrick Henry. This isn't a McCaffrey. This isn't, uh, you know, an Eckler type player. They're not, neither Camara or Miller here is going to have a super high usage rate. So it's going to be a split backfield. Obviously, Camara is going to be the favorite here. But um, as we saw with Miller at TCU a year ago, He does have that big play capability. Very dynamic player. Can catch passes out of the backfield. He's not a bruiser, um, but he can be. And so he's a very dynamic threat. Incredibly elusive back. Um, If you can get him, would highly recommend it. Rostered in 34% of your leagues in Yahoo and 19% on ESPN. Okay, kind of moving into... The more stash plays here. I guess I'll start off with this guy. Not really a stasher. Um, This is Eli Mitchell uh, for San Fran. Look, the usage rate as Garrett or not Garrett Jared mentioned previously. Okay, Bubba, just keep going. You got this. Is astronomical. Um, It's not healthy. Right. It's it's like nothing we have seen before. Even even for Derrick Henry, you just don't see. Coaches use running backs this high. They pick
2: on me. I got, I, got it. I got something. I got something. Let's hear. yeah. Um,
3: they're not also counting
2: receptions either. That's the other thing they're not counting in this number. So it's like 60 plus what? I think he's got what, 10, 15 catches this year already?
3: Maybe more, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's like his touches have to be – he's on pace to have four something for touches, which is fucking insane.
3: And we know that Kyle Shanahan is notorious for absolutely running his running backs into the total ground. So
2: I'm not going to make the same joke I made about African American quarterbacks on the Shanahan
3: roster. I can't do it again. <laughs> so this, if you think about it, this guy is the best handcuff in the game. Period. There's no comparison. CMC goes down. This is literally a plug and play, um, because we've seen Mitchell's capabilities um, prior to the trade for McCaffrey last season, and he's absolutely capable. But while CMC is healthy, while he's on the team, he's irrelevant, right? He gets a couple touches here and there, maybe a couple of passes in garbage time, but nothing significant. So 39% uh, rostered in, in on Yahoo, 37% on ESPN. He's out there. Under fifty percent. So, if you got an empty bench place, if you're looking to add a little bit of depth and maybe give yourself some cushion, if you're you know thin at running back and just kind of want that player for a rainy day, right? Uh, Elijah Mitchell is absolutely going to be that choice for you. Okay, so moving on, I've got Tank Bigsby here. Etn, you know, looking great this season really kind of picking it up after a lousy end of the season last year. This guy is not going to be, he's not going to make any kind of impact anytime soon, but this is similar to Eli Mitchell type of dude that you want to have on your roster in case of an ETN injury. Um, And they do use ETN a lot, right? Like this is a pretty like, you know, it's not KC, It's not Buffalo. it's, It's not an offense like that. That's that high octane, but Look, this offense has big threat capability. We didn't see that last week against Houston, but week one, we, we absolutely saw it. Week one, we absolutely saw it. They went off in Indianapolis. So, look, ETN gets hurt. This is a plug and play. There you go. Um, You know, type of player that's getting all the goal line kind of attempts. Uh, maybe not now. He's gotten a few. But absolutely the type of dude that if you've got that extra bench spot um, open, if you kind of want to just give yourself some insurance for later in the season, you know, like I said, for Mitchell, kind of a rainy day type player, totally going at him. Kind of like a
2: a lower level Kenny Gainwell kind of thing.
3: Right. Um, He's rostered in 29% of the leagues on Yahoo and 18% on ESPN. Okay, uh, I've got two wide receivers here to wrap it up. Tank Dell of Houston and Quentin Johnston of the Chargers. So we'll start with Dell. Had a underwhelming week in week two, but came out last week and really kind of popped off. Five receptions for 145 yards and a touchdown. And before I go on, I want to include, and this is extremely pertinent, that it's... This player's fantasy relevance is completely contingent. I said this last week. Completely contingent on the play of C.J. Stroud. If C.J. Stroud has a great week like he did on Sunday, week three Sunday against Jacksonville, this dude is completely relevant. This is a a flex play for sure. Wide receiver three type play. But if Stroud's terrible like he was week one against Baltimore, completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. So right now, Stroud is looking like he is promising. Some people would even tell you to maybe, if you're short it at uh at quarterback, to maybe, you know, waiver him, put in a claim for him. But it's been one game, temper your expectations. Let's see him do it a couple more times before you put a lot of faith in him. But this is certainly a good um buy early. Type of option. He had a 22% target share in Week Three, and he averaged three, a little over three yards per route run. That's very high. And he was another very important detail. He has led the team in targets in both of his first two starts. He did not start Week One, but Week Two and Three led the team in starts. Or sorry, in targets. My apologies. Okay, moving on to Johnston. As we all know, Mike Williams done for the year with the ACL. So Keenan is obviously that number one option. He's going to dominate the snaps. He's going to dominate the routes run. He's going to dominate targets. Everything you can think of. Allen, if you've got Keenan Allen, I mean, that dude has absolute potential to finish as a top five receiver, given the fact that Herbert is playing at the ridiculous level that he's playing at. Um. So this wide receiver two kind of option for the Chargers comes down to Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnson. Some people like Palmer, some people like Johnson. It just kind of depends on who you talk to. I prefer Johnson. I think he's younger. I think he is more capable as a wide receiver just in terms of size, skill, um, big playability. I just think he's more of a threat to defenses than Josh Palmer. Like I said, more than really any of these other players, this is this is a total kind of roll of the dice. Um, he was on the field on Sunday for 16 of the snaps, 16 snaps for this dude, and he ran 13 routes. And look, it's it's uncertain whether or not he's going to have a full time role in this offense. If Palmer really sees the opportunity and it's great, Johnson's still going to be irrelevant. So. This is the type of thing where maybe you pick him up now, leave him on your bench for two or three weeks, see if they start using him in the way that they um you know intended to use him considering they took a first round uh, draft choice on him. And and just wait and see with him. So uh, he's rostered in thirty two percent of leagues on Yahoo and higher in ESPN forty seven percent. So some people have him, some people don't. See if you can get him. The other guy I'd say who's still on waivers, I don't have him on my list here, but look, man, if you are thin at quarterback, if you've got Joe Burrow like me, pick up Jordan Love, man. Th- this dude is actually legit. Three straight weeks, the opponents haven't been great, but 20-plus 20, 20 points in every single week. They've got the Lions at home, I believe, on Thursday, Thursday. He puts up another 20-point week. He's not going to be on waivers next week. So if you're thin at quarterback, if you don't like who you have, if you went with a guy like Joe Burrow, if you went with someone like, oh, I don't know, Um, you know, if you took Aaron Rodgers, someone like that, right? Someone's injured, underperforming. Go ahead and pick up Jordan Love. He's been wildly overperforming. And, look, he doesn't even have Christian Watson back. So when Christian Watson comes back, it's only fair to assume that, that he's going to turn it up a notch. So I'm picking him up. I'm putting in a claim for him in, uh, in one of my leagues because I've got Burrow, like I said. But Jordan Love, man, you're thin at quarterback. Go and get him. All right. base, awesome as always. I love how you,
2: you're you not going to be every single fantasy guy and say, hey, go get Josh Palmer. Like, guys, we do this song and dance every year. He has one good game where he catches three touchdowns and three catches for three, 120 yards. And then, jo, jo, and then he says something about Joe, um, just Herbert's girlfriend. And then he never gets the ball the rest of the
3: season. Well, it, I think I was, it's important. Go go ahead, Matt. Yeah.
0: No, I was going to say, speaking of the fantasy stuff. So per what we were talking about before with this trade thing. So I, I declined his trade because he was trying to give me two bench receivers for Matt, context.
2: You have to give him context. Tell the fans at uh, home what the trade was.
0: The Quickly, trade though, was Elijah Moore and Tank Dell I would receive, and I would have to give up Sam Laporta. Now, I don't need wide receivers. I have Mike Thomas. I've got Christian Kirk. I've got Mike Evans. I've got Cooper Cup on on, on my bench sitting there. Um, I have somebody else on my bench, but I don't, I don't need receivers. I have Josh Jacobs and Damian Pierce are my two r- running backs right now because Eckler, I don't know when he's coming back. So I could use a flex running back. Laporta is the tight end, too, apparently, in the rankings. He's the second tight end in the fantasy. I also have Evan Ingram, who's ranked four. So I countered with Evan Ingram for Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is RB26, and Evan Ingram's tight end four. This should be enough for him to say, yes, I'll do that. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But if he says no, I'm going to throw Sam Laporta, I think, in as my flex. But I've countered with Jameer Gibbs for Evan Ingram. That means I could put Laporta as my tight end every week. Gibbs could be my flex. And then I can plug... Austin Echler in when he comes back healthy, and then Scooper Cup will come in, and then my my roster should could be complete with Jacobs and Eckler and Cup and Evans and Mike Thomas. So, so that's what I countered.
3: Matt, he countered Ingram uh, one one for one for Gibbs.
0: No, no, no. So I declined his original trade, right? And then I just I just sent him like maybe twenty minutes ago Ingram for Gibbs. I'm waiting to hear back from him. So that's what's new on the I, table.
3: I would take that deal, right? No, Jared. I mean, because. Because
2: his tight ends are the you. hardest thing to get a hold of. It's like trying to find his a tight end is
0: um his tight end is Dalton Kincaid.
2: Oh yeah, so no, I already he, know.
0: He, so he, I already he, know everybody's going
2: six, six targets for three games or yeah. eight. So, so I already know
0: everybody's gonna they're gonna jump on me because they're like oh you gave him Evan Anger from Jermaine Gibbs but like none of y'all know Sam Laporta. No, he's been averaging five oh. to eight receptions. He had eleven receptions I think last week.
2: What did I and tell you had, boys? Preseason that is Dan Campbell's new favorite player.
0: He's got like 20-something receptions in three weeks, and that's not including the targets. He's been targeted probably 30 times in three weeks, and he just had his first touchdown. I expect this to keep rolling. And Jameer yes. Gibbs is he had he had James Cook and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson competes with Zeke Elliott. James Cook competes with Latavius Murray and De Singletary. Jameer Gibbs is just it's just him. There is no David Montgomery. It's just Jameer Gibbs. And let me get the guy that I think is going to break out. Like we talked about it. We think it's going to take him until probably halfway through the season. He's going to turn it up. Let's do it. That's So that's my counter. I think he's crazy to say no. I think everybody will get on me. But I've yeah. got tight end two behind Travis Kelsey.
3: Right, man. I mean, I I would absolutely. I mean, if, if someone threw me that offer, Matt, I am jumping on that immediately. In terms of yeah. being on that give side, 100%. Because, we're talking about a player who, like you said, I, I will say, I'm hearing that Montgomery is going to practice in some limited capacity this week. Now, that's not the end of the world. However, Gibbs, whether Montgomery is healthy or not, Gibbs is absolutely going to be used more and more and more and more and more week to week. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, whether or not Montgomery is on the field, whether he's off. His usage rate is going to continue to climb. They spent the number 12 overall pick on this dude. They're not going to let him sit on the sidelines, particularly with the level of how elusive, dynamic, the number of ways that they can use him. There's no chance they're letting him sit on the bench and and not have him on the field. Have him on the field. So I think that's a fantastic trade, Matt, from your perspective on, on his end you know i don't know about that but hey if he says yes i would
2: yeah. immediately absolutely pull the trigger on this
3: but we have a time
2: we we are we are on uh, we don't want to overlap our fellow shows here tonight our friend shows here so we're trying to keep it semi close to a 1 hour show today fellas it's time for everyone's favorite game where i make a complete ass of myself for 20 minutes more than usual when we do the one sentence game y'all know the drill I read off a one-sentence headline for every big game that happened this week and every NFL game, plus the big college ones, and these three fools made fun of me for it. We also have a special surprise that happened down in the AFC South this week. All right, starting off, we go to Lincoln Financial Field where Chris's Temple Owls got shit on like a bad prom date. It was ugly from the start. They tried to fight and say they were worth our time. Tyler Van Dyke looking out there like Tom Brady with a better arm and less accuracy, and Colby Young out here looking like mini Calvin Johnson. Your boys, Chris, looked unprepared and uninspired. Thank you for pissing us off in the second quarter. All righty. We go over to Death Valley, where the Florida State frauds, I mean Seminoles, decided they were going to make this way too interesting, and Mason had to bust my balls about it for about 10 minutes. Clemson cannot finish. What a surprise! In the post-Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson era, we go north to uh, Eugene, Oregon. We're not only the biggest beat where we saw not only a verbal beat down by Colorado, we saw them get beat down physically, and not even that bad. If you guys haven't seen yet, Oregon released a hype video post game. I have never seen somebody like somebody get smacked verbally, physically, and emotionally harder in a game than Colorado did on Sunday. Shout out to the Oregon coach and the Oregon program for sticking to their guns and doubling down. We're getting on for those haters. We're getting on Coach Prime in Colorado because their hype train grew annoying. It wasn't that it. We don't love Prime winning. We just got irritated and watching them get smacked after they walked in stomping on logos, talking shit pregame, just being a little too much about it. It's kind of fun. I love it. All right. Utah-UCLA with the worst game of the century. 14-7 is the final. We gives give a fuck. Uh, Alabama and their quarterback problems continue, but Ole Miss is just the worst football team. Alabama wins 24-10. Matt's uh, LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. Almost lost to the... Woo, pig suey! Um, down in... Uh, the, uh, down in uh, Baton Rouge. And uh, the Pac-2 battle. Wazoo beats OSU in a late-time thriller, 38-35. Notre Dame and Ohio State, the beef between fake Lou Holtz, real Lou Holtz, and Ryan Day sparked Ryan Day acting like a war hero from a cheesy Lifetime movie <laughs> screaming into a microphone. Ohio State with 10 men, beating 10 men on the field in the final play. Congratulations, Ohio State. It's just like your 2020 playoff birth, missing a game. Woo! All right. And finally, we go to the NFL, the games people actually give a fuck about. Thursday, the New York football giants were there. They got their ass kicked. Next. All right. Colts, Ravens. Damn, this game was embarrassing for both teams. I really hope they don't use Zach Moss as much as they do. Trey Sermon's my dog. Titans, Browns. Oh, this is my miss of the week. Uh, I thought the Titans were going to come back and fight. Browns are a decent team, not going to lie. I still think Kevin Stefanski's a fraud, but this was a good game for them. We go to the other reason why Colorado's down bad with a Madden NFL score. This looks like a score when you play your girlfriend who has some kind of video game acumen and can figure the game out, but you're already up by 50 at this point. Dolphins roll 70-20. to I think they scored eight touchdowns before Denver realized the game had started. Patriots and Jets just proving once and for all Zach Wilson is a bum. We go to the Bills and the Commanders. Woo! Anyway, I thought this game was close as a sucker. Sam Howell looking like Sam Howell, the real Sam Howell. And he stood up and sucked. All right. Lions showed up 20-6 to of the final. This killed my parlay because I had a – Money line touchdown parlay. And the one I was missing was Amon Ross and Brown. Son of a bitch. Hey, either way, congrats, Lions. The Dan Cable method is working. Saints Packers. Jesus, what is it with New Orleans and choking lately? 18 points in the fourth quarter. All right, moving on. Boys, it happened. Let's fucking go. Wow, you guys Uh go. There's no emotion. We hit our first fucking house upset. Let's
1: go. Um,
0: I would like to take majority credit for coming up with this one. Uh, yeah, you know, Matt, Matt
2: basically said, what game is a clusterfuck and let's pull it out. Yeah,
0: and I, I said- was like, well, this one is. Uh, this one seems possibly doable. Who would have thought?
2: City that, showing out the best football Who would have thought
0: C.J. Stroud would take? Who would have thought C.J. Stroud and that Houston Texans team would beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who were making a nice, solid playoff run last year? We're gonna just top them the way that they did. I, I, I didn't think it would happen. I was just like, this is just the craziest thing. That if it were to actually happen, this would be legit. And I, I didn't even realize it until you messaged it the other day. I was like, holy fuck, that really was our house upset.
2: There you go. I was more All like, right. oh shit. All right, there it is. All right, Chargers, Vikings, Kirk Cousins throwing another laughable interception. There's only one worse, and I'm getting to it in two games. But Cousins and then. The-
3: and then to make it worse, blaming it on the home fans for being too loud on that. It, it, was it like a third or fourth down? It's just, absolutely just meme four.
2: central. I swear. The Vikings. All right. Quick over under, fellas. 35 seconds to pop. Over under, how many games till the Vikings give up on the season? I'm calling two more games. Matt.
0: Uh, I'll Yeah, over. I'll take over. I'll okay. More.
2: Chris, over under two games the Vikings give up on the season. Life's too short to bet the under. I'm taking the over. Alright, Mace, finish us off. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Over under how many games do the Vikings quit? I set the line at two. Did the Vikings what? Quit on the season. Quit?
3: Winless. Like they start talking about dealing cousins, dealing KJ Osborne. I see, I see. Let me let me check out this schedule. Okay, so they got the Chiefs and the Niners. three seconds did you get? Just fire from the hip, brother. I'll say like like four or five.
2: All right, I like it. He's taking the over, so I'm the only one taking the under here. I think they're quitting by the end of week five. All right. Speaking of quitting, apparently the Cowboys thought the Cardinals were going to. Holy shit. It was 10 nothing before I looked up. Shot to Josh Dobbs. The, the bald wonder for just kicking ass. And just making every Cardinals game fun. All right, Bears and Chiefs. Listen, I can make a Taylor Swift reference mm-hmm. about Cheer um, Captain or Bleachers, whatever. I don't know these the fucking songs. I really don't. Here's the kicker, though. Um, she was losing her fucking shit in the stands when she scored a touchdown. a Kelsey looking straight, gangster, be like, yeah, that's expected. My son's supposed to score touchdowns. Also, mm. shout out to Ch- Travis Kelsey. For the sweet 1970 Chevelle drop top, literally my dream muscle car right there. Trav, you one of the real ones. And finally, oh yeah, by the way, the Bears lost by a lot of points. Um, the Steelers and Raiders. This game was just terrible. Okay, the most entertaining part of this was that Calvin Austin remembered how to catch a football for 72 yards. And finally, please no Taylor talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Does that hurt your feelings, Mr. Michael? And finally, the Monday night games. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense continue to look sleepy besides the running game. But the Eagles' defense is so fucking mean, they may actually kill somebody this year. Or Baker went from looking like a possible Pro Bowl selection to getting their head kicked in. And Rams and Bengals with the worst fucking football game I've ever watched in my life. Oh, man, if any that of you actually so watch this. Mag I'm looking at you. I'm sorry. This game was fucking terrible. Also, Rams way to blow elite. Way to not come back and win. I needed y'all to win to get me an extra twenty bucks. That's it. One sentence game. We're done, fellas. Tell me what's going on. What stuck out? What stuck in? Mason, you look frustrated. You're up first. What's going on?
3: Well, well, dude. I, I will say I know Chris and you guys are are Eagles fans, but look. I mean, I bet Matt's thinking the same thing as me. If you watch that game, Matt. That. That game was not good either. It's, oh, it's it terrible. Pretty, mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah, good. It was, was, was awful. Awesome. Oh, never mind. Oh, the de- oh for defense it was fun. But like well, I, don't care. I don't I don't care if you're a neutral watching that game. It was awful for a primetime game. So my point being is that I'm just so sick and tired of It seems like since COVID, man, the number of just like primetime regular season bangers that I've watched is I could probably count on one hand. And that's just like pathetic. And so I, I don't remember if it was Matt or you, Jared, that said a couple weeks ago that they just need to move to, like, every single week uh, being, like, like, having the option to be, like, flexed or whatever. Maybe we were talking about this after, like, Rogers going down, Matt, or something because, like, you know, next Sunday night is uh, KC versus the Jets. I think you should be able to flip the – the
2: late game, like the like the Americans give me the week, the four o'clock slot. If it's an East Coast, you should be able to flip it with an eight, eight o'clock. You should also be able to flip the eight o'clock game as long as they're not playing the following Thursday. You should be able to flip the eight o'clock game on on Sunday with the Monday night game. You should be able to flip that with a week and a half's notice. If it's like something like where it's like, oh hey, the Bears are not good and they're now playing the
3: the Aaron Rodgersless Jets. Okay, like well, you back to get rid of this game. Well, it just confuses me. It's like we were talking about this in that in that group chat. It's like week five, Thursday night is Chicago and Washington. When was that ever going to be a good football game? I don't care if you like Howell or Justin Fields. That was never, you know. And and not to say that both of them weren't like speculatively entertaining before the season started because they were right, yeah. but. In no way, in like no universe, is that game good enough to be on primetime television. No chance. Like no way in hell.
0: Okay. So
3: like, what you know, it's it's week three, or we're getting through uh, week three now. We're done with week three. Why isn't that game being flexed? We're two weeks I out.
2: Know. I don't know. And so I will say this: I will not try to act like I'm a bias here. That game was ugly. Jalen looked sloppy. The only thing that was amazing was watching the clinic the Eagles defense was putting up. Yeah. They were showing, hey, how do you bully an offense to the point where your quarterback's cursing up and down the sideline? Because I'm going to tell you guys right now, that Buccaneers team is going to win the NFC South. I will put money on it right
3: now. Well, if Carr's out for a while, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't even care if
2: Carr was playing. I said this preseason. And everyone looked at me like I had three heads. Because I knew Baker, with actual weapons, was going to be good. And on that drive, when they drove down the field and scored, I was like, uh, okay, there's the Baker I know. Drops, and Mace, that's the Baker you grew up with. Drop back, hit everything in stride. Everything was, like, on point. That Mike Evans one handed catch was fucking wild, by the way. But, um, dude, he just was like, fuck it, I got this. And just scored a touch. And the problem was, it was too little, too late. Also, that Eagles defensive line is just fucking terrible. But listen, the guy who prepared for Baker. Credit where credit is due. Baker looked good with having zero running game. I think Rashad what had 27 yards rushing yesterday. So, yeah, that's the Eagles basically make you have to beat them passing.
0: I got a few things I could I could say. I got a Go you know, a couple couple things I could think of to 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 follow everything up with. So I don't know what I witnessed live on Sunday afternoon. This. The You didn't run the ball against Dallas. I'm talking about so, the Jets. Oh, yeah. You go into the game and run the ball. It's raining. Run the ball. Why is Zach Wilson throwing 36 times in the pouring rain? He, I'm watching this. I'm like... I'm listening to everybody around me because they are watching the receivers and I'm just watching the quarterback because our fence our offensive line is so mediocre right now that we can't hold protection for more than maybe a second and a half so this pocket develops and it starts to collapse and he's running around and everybody's yelling number 10 number 17's wide open hit him and he's just running for his life throwing the ball away not not you know not blaming Zach because he played like shit I don't care that he had no turnovers. He completed 50% of his passes. He threw 36 passes, and he didn't even have 200 yards. He didn't even have 170. He had, like, less. He had no interceptions, no touchdowns, no nothing. But why does Brees Hall have 12 carries? And why am I seeing the team audible to a run play? And they're designing the run to run into the side of the field that the Patriots have, like, eight guys on, so they just run into a brick wall. And I don't know how many times in the last three or four minutes – The Jets defense stopped the Patriots, and we got the ball back at the 45 yard line, and we gained maybe two yards in five plays or four plays or whatever it was. Like, I don't know how. When you're down by like three at the time, and you've got the ball at the 50, and it's first and ten, you can't get 20 yards to a field goal, if anything. It's like third and ten, and this dude's throwing a check down pass to Tyler Conklin, and he gets two yards. And then you got to pump the ball and you got to hope for the best. Then he takes a safety in the end zone. Like the defense gave up 13 points. How could you not score more than 13 points at home against the Patriots? who are not a very good team this year. And I know the Jets are not a very good team. Now that they lost Rogers and they have Zach Wilson. There's no reason why this team shouldn't have scored more than 13 points. And what is the answer I have the answer for you. Apparently, it is Trevor Simeon. Apparently, it's Trevor Simeon because that is who they signed after these last couple debacle weeks of Zach Wilson throwing for a combined total of maybe 200 and something yards in two games with one touchdown to three interceptions. I think he had a fumble maybe the other day or something. I just don't understand how Trevor Simeon to your practice squad is going to solve anything. And I'm calling it now. Jameis Winston will probably play this week. He'll probably throw three touchdowns against the B- against the Buccaneers in a revenge game. And Joe Douglas will go give him a fifth or sixth round pick. And he's going to come to us. And he's going to throw four interceptions first day. Tell no, you're just
2: Carson Wentz. I put this in the universe. It's going to happen.
0: You know what? I'm okay with that right now because Carson you know Wentz is better I'm than so Trevor Simeon I'm so and bad. Zach Wilson. And he'll
2: follow up with the games in line.
0: He might. He's going to throw a couple interceptions a game, but you know what? He's going to move the ball down the field, and he's going to throw for over 170 yards. He's going to get a and couple touchdowns.
2: Garrett will also want a him by the end of the season. It happens.
0: I think Carson Wentz is a lot better than Zach Wilson. Tim Boyle. Actually, I don't even know what Tim Boyle's like. He could be Mike White 2.0 for I us. Maybe he's healthier.
2: Before.
0: So I'm going to say that's a no. Yeah, no. I no, just he's.
2: I'd rather Zach I, Wilson than Tim Boyle. Trust
0: me. Um, I just I just can't imagine. All this talent on both sides of the football. And they're going to waste this season away by backing this kid. And he can't do it. He can't.
2: Wilson is going to be an elite XFL quarterback.
0: He's a milf farmer. He he can't figure it out. Even I know he was supposed to have a year under Aaron Rodgers. But even the eight months he had under Aaron Rodgers, there was very minimal, minimal progression if there's any. And he just can't get it done. And the coach is going to go down with him. I like Salah. I'm not sold on him anymore. I'm questioning if he's the guy, but I like him as a person. I think he's a very respectful head coach. I think the the team likes him and everything, but he's going to go down with this ship. And Joe Douglas's name is attached to both of these guys. So if you're going to get rid of Salah and and Zach Wilson at the end of the day, you're looking at Joe Douglas like, hey, I know you've done a lot of good things for this team, but you're also responsible for these two in our organization. So you got to take some fault too. And I don't want to see Joe Douglas go. But it's it's all going to come down to just, I guess, Rodgers getting back into this feat and this, this organization, hopefully being on the sidelines and helping them out. Because I just don't see how this team's going to be anything more than a 4-13, and 5-12 type team just at this current rate if they don't make some sort of change. Mike,
2: you're right. All right. Uh, Chris, I, I, obviously I know your Temple Owls were just disappointments and we're trying to. It was like watching a chihuahua try to bark at a, a timber wolf. But what, what,
1: uh, well, I texted you that the 28 point leads the most dangerous lead in sports. I meant it. Yeah. I was like eight beers deep when I said that too.
2: Dude, you were wearing a fucking animal house propeller hat in a bar. I think you were cut your decision making without the, what was it? Dude, also, dear. I think you have to wear You have to wear that on Thursday, by the way, for the show. I think that's I will right. wear
1: it on Thursday. Dude, the magic chicks perfect. that came up to me with that hat and wanted to spin my hat, I, I felt like Hugh Hefner. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so what bothered me about over the weekend, um, I would I would kind of want to bring up the Eagles a little bit. You're right, Jalen Hurts was a little sloppy. Some of the throws he was making, it, it kind of looked like he was panicking a little bit. I'm not going to lie to I you, decision making was off. the
2: contract is real. I yeah. think he's doing better than Burrow and he's doing better than Lamar. But the, pan- the like I think the, the the second contract panic is a real thing. I, we seen it with Burrow. Burrow looked like shit yesterday. We saw it with Lamar. We see. Yeah. We're seeing with her. I mean, Herbert's playing better, but also Herbert's playing against shit competition. It's it's like well, paying the past. Well, I
3: think it's important to add that they're still losing. You know, he's putting up like I think you know. People are so conditioned now because fantasy has become so popular. Just to yeah. like look at players' performances and say like, oh. Well, he had like a 28 point day in like fantasy. He had a great Dang. day watching the throws he missed. And, and it's just like, well, dude, they got like hammered by Miami. Or who'd they lose to week two? That was pretty bad. Anybody know? What team is it? What team was this? Chargers. Chargers, they lost to.
1: Cool. Was, a... Dolph- was it Dolphins?
3: Dolphins
0: was, no, was week, week one. one.
1: Week one. I bet on them that week, too. I mean, look.
0: Was it Titans? Titans. Yes.
3: Titans, Titans. and OT, Matt. Terrible that's loss. Im- that's awful, embarrassing. Awful, awful loss. Um, But, yeah, people are so conditioned. I mean, same with Lamar, right, Jared? Like, yeah. Lamar puts up, like, nutty stats, right? Uh, All despite throwing an interception. And it's like I'm they get totally... Missing some wide open
2: receivers outside the
3: numbers. It's yeah. Right. In, in clutch points in the football game. So... People are so conditioned, yeah, to be like, oh, yeah, Herbert's like tearing it up this season, and he is, but they're one and two. And they barely squeaked out a win yesterday or two days ago against Minnesota. So, yeah, I completely agree. Like, the, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Josh Allen gets extended um, because that dude already plays like wildly as it he already got so- his extension. He did? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He did? yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I did not know that. His contracting would have been up last year, which shows up.
0: Do you you guys want to hear something funny?
1: Yeah,
2: boy, what's up?
0: A letter was written to Joe Douglas in regards to like interest in being their team's like next quarterback.
2: I know who wrote this.
0: Fucking Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I, I was a Colin Kaepernick fan when he was when he was active, and I know everything that went down with him. I support what he stood for, and I, you know, there's there's ways you could do things. I understand. Not everybody agrees with what he, how he did it, but you haven't played football in like seven years. I don't yeah, want this. Um, I, I, I there's a lot of things that I want, but I don't want a guy that hasn't played football in seven years. I'll go I call Philip Rivers. Was
3: rather Blake Bortles at that point. Okay, like shit. Matt, go did call you Philip see? Rivers. Did you see the Joe Namath quote about Wilson today?
0: Oh yeah, he, he <laughs> thinks he needs to go. Yeah, thinks he sucks. I thought that was he pretty awesome. Just like, when
2: Joe goats, when Joe uh, Joe for Goat says you have to go, I think it's kind of a real thing. Yeah, he. It's
3: he, he like, I don't know
0: his exact. I don't know his exact quote, but it was something along the lines of pretty much this kid can't play. He sucks. Get him out of here. It's right. It's- it
3: was just like. I'll, I'll find it real quick. I'll pull it. But, uh, I think Zach Wilson, okay.
2: seriously, for career, needs to be an XFL quarterback. I think he might be the greatest XFL quarterback of all time because I'm you're scared. playing against guys who are BYU competition.
3: All right, and here we go. Go for it. Here we go. So uh, so there's actually like a little bit here. So basically he was actually on like a Boston talk radio show, I, I guess. Um So they asked him what he thought about the game. He said, quote, I didn't take anything positive out of Wilson's performance yesterday. It was awful. Uh, You sit down on the play. You go right down. What happened? I guess that's talking about the safety. I thought you were trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play. What's going on? It's disgusting. I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. I've seen enough. He has quick feet, can throw a little bit, but I don't believe what's going on up there. So, you pretty clear the cut faith. and dry, you know, the, the, the greatest New York Jets player of all time, just saying, like, this dude is trash. I don't know how, like, if you're, like, Jets brass, or if you're Sala, you can legitimately be like, yup, another week, let's roll this dude out there and, like, hope it gets better because it's like it's not going to get better week to week like you said before matt you know maybe he's better next year or in two years i don't really know he's still a young guy he's not that much older than me he might be younger than me i'm 23 um
0: yeah i think he, i think he's 24 okay so so i'm the same, I'm age. You're the same
3: age I can right, so, it so, back to well he's still <laughs> young i mean regardless but th- the point regardless is that He's not ready today. He's not going to be ready in six weeks. He's not going to be ready in ten weeks. He's not going to be ready this season. So if if you are in a win now mode like you were with Rodgers, you have to adapt to that and go get someone who keeps you at least competitive while this dude's trying to rehab and do everything he can to get back on the field. Can't continue to throw Wilson out there and just hope and pray that shit's going to change, you know, week to week, because it's
0: not. Yeah. I'm still calling for call Minnesota. Be like, listen, I don't know if you do or you don't want Zach Wilson, but I'll throw Zach Wilson in. Here's Bryce Huff. A nice a nice solid defensive pass rush piece for your off your team. And what draft pick do you want? I don't know. What, what is it? Because I'll take cousins for the one year lead this team, have Rodgers take over next year as you draft somebody in the draft and you let him sit behind him for that year. I don't know if he's on board with that, but I can't sit through another year of this. I just can't do it. I've done it for t- two years. I can't do a third year.
1: You're going to have to trade Fireman Ed as well. Add him to the Keep deal. Doing
2: that. Yeah, for, Fireman Ed's kind of like a lifelonger at this point. He's kind of like God. Eagles trying to trade like Brandon Graham or Kelsey. It won't happen. Um, all right, fellas. We, none of us we really brought college, what was your opinion about this whole, like, like Colorado, Oregon? We, we talked about it a little bit on the uh, group chat on Saturday, man, but this shit was ugly.
0: I thought, I mean, I, I went into it, I went into it knowing, like, this was the upset that I was going to pick. I had, I was probably 70 30 that Oregon would win, but I was just like, you know what? There's a lot of fire like, and you know, intensity with this team. It, like, I'll look like a genius if I pick them. I'll look like a dumbass if I lose and I was willing to take those odds. But, like, there was just no no fight. There was no, no effort. They mean, did all like, of this they talking. Look
2: they look soft. Oregon's, they look like, Oregon's a physical team, but, like, that's a physical team by Big 12 Pac-12 standards. Not SEC or Big 10. And they, they got, got
0: steamrolled.
2: shoved around. Like... Oklahoma might put up eighty-five road. on Utah, like on fucking Colorado. Miami's got a bunch of ex-SEC linemen on the roster now. They might have put up some numbers. Their biggest glaring flaw came out in this game. They cannot block a legitimate pass rush. They cannot out physical an offensive line that is bigger than them, and it came to well, fruition.
3: Well, to to boot, Jared, they haven't faced a legitimate quarterback on the other side of the field up until Saturday. How dare you talk about the no-name guy who plays for Nebraska? I'm I'm not I'm not buying that. But anyway, yeah, it's just like, dude. It, for me, it's like you kind of said it's the it's the talent gap. Look, I mean, you're you. Your roster is completely turned over. It's a bunch of fresh faces. Like, yeah, you got some playmakers at quarterback, at corner, Um, the other corner. You know, you got some bright spots, right? Like, uh, the Colorado running back is a true freshman. He looks like he's going to be pretty good in a year or two. Like, yeah, you got some pieces. But, dude, like, the Washingtons and the USC's and the Utah's, and the Oregon's are just—they're so much like better in every single possible way. They're they're honestly better coached to me um, than than Colorado. So yeah, it was awesome for me. Um, I was sick and tired of the chatter surrounding Colorado, and it's a fun story. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that they were ranked as highly as they were and for multiple weeks were ranked higher than OU I thought was just like pretty pathetic and insulting and so I was just kind of glad to see them get thumped this week they'll get thumped too by USC it might be even worse than it was you know this um, might on be Saturday
2: 70, this might be a 70 pointer
3: yeah I mean this could get really ugly and let's not forget that this is in Boulder so this could this could be really bad, like oh real embarrassing.
2: All right, so fellas, right now I'm picking our uh, our game, our six pack right now. The NFL one I already had picked out. There were like eight, good, like four good games. For college, Utah Oregon State's gonna be fucking fun. Like let's be honest, that game's gonna be fun as shit. Um, Kentucky Florida is gonna be fucking wild, and then you also have to throw in you have Georgia alabamas possibility. Kansas, Texas, Old Miss, LSU and Notre Dame Duke. In no point would I even care about throwing in USC versus Colorado. Oh, by the way, Colorado is no longer ranked in the AP poll. Damn. Uh, officially, Colorado is dropped out of the AP poll. Number 8, USC taking in unright, unranked Colorado. Um, yeah, you get beat down that bad at Outside the top fifteen, you don't stay ranked. And you know it's you know what. Listen, Dion is going to build something amazing in Colorado. This was the reality check to the hype train. So Mason, you're yeah. completely right, and you should you warned me. I should listen to you more when it comes to this shit. You were on point. There was no reason. Like I, I was looking through the top ten teams in college football, and I'm like thinking, about, all right, well, who could? Me as a Miami fan, I'm like, all right, who can we beat? I'm like, all right. So like me, we have a shot with like six out of the 10 teams. Okay. There's like four that might just run us off the freaking map. And then I start going to the teens, and I'm like, all right, we'd smoke them. We'd smoke them. We'd smoke them. And I get to Colorado. I'm like, that Colorado State game told me way too much that I need to know. Because Colorado State is physical. And they made their life difficult. Go back and watch that game. It's one. It's a fun game to watch too. Colorado just plays tough, and Colorado State was just used to Texas TCU blowing leads and blowing coverages, and
3: Nebraska just giving up half of the game. But well, I I think it's important. You know, for me, I I saw this firsthand. Right, I was at OU a year ago at this time. Roster turnover, right? A ton of transfers coming in. Pretty much completely new coaching staff, right? Um, It's hard. They started out 3-0-2, and they looked impressive, man. Like, OU looked really, really sharp. And they blew out Nebraska and Lincoln. We had K-State coming into town, first game of Big 12 play. K-State's hanging around, you know, it's second quarter, third quarter. You know, and we ultimately dropped that game. And that was one of five more losses that we would have throughout the season. So to me, it was the same story all over again, Um, except with worse talent, except with the worst coach, um, but a lot more chatter. So I I always saw this coming. I didn't, you know, buy into the hype of, oh, you know, now, and that's, I want to make this clear. It's not to say that I don't think Colorado is going to win seven, eight, maybe nine games this year. Um, they've already completely exceeded expectations. You won one football game last year. Now you're going to make a bowl game, maybe even a New Year's Six game if everything goes right. But um, yeah, it, it was always just sort of a dream, like, and I was just not going to buy into it. I don't blame you because when it's all said and
2: done, I look at this Colorado roster. I'm like, it's fun. It's a great story. But I looked at the... Okay, I think the average weight of their O-line is 285. The average play the defensive lineman for some of these Pac-12 schools and most of these Big Ten schools, they got some boys in the middle who are wrecking over 300 pounds. Offensive line weight and defensive line weight is a real thing. It is the one position on the football field where if you got a big motherfucker at tackle or a nose guard or at
3: D interior D-line, edge rush, or whatever, or you can bully some dude. I mean, people it, wonder why Iowa is relevant every year, man. Yeah, like, they your, have some your hugs, your bro. Their lines on perfect. both sides are, like, ridiculous. Nebraska, like, Nebraska hasn't been relevant in a long time, well, but, like, most it's the same positions. thing. But they have big dudes
2: playing line. It's a problem is they have no skill position. guys. Right. But, to your point, offensive line play wins the NFL. There's a reason for it. All right, so like, so one thing I I wanted to point out during the Texas A&M Miami game, a lot of Texas A&M's defensive linemen were under about two eighty five. Even their nose, their interior D line were leaner dudes. Miami's entire O line is over three hundred pounds, and you watch them just push an SEC D D line across the field. And I'm sitting there as a guy who's never seen something like this as an ACC fan. It's a real thing. Now, like, seeing like Florida State Clemson who have lighter offensive lines, I want to see what they do against real pass rushes. The trenches win ball games. Quarterback, drive, Quarterbacks are the engines, but the transmission is the goddamn offensive and defensive lines. And that is the best way to put it for all you car people. It's nice to have good shocks, good suspension, good aero tuning, good cold air intakes. You know, you know, Cali converter obviously is important, especially to those teams that keep trying to take the people. But, dude, engine and transmission—that drivetrain is everything. And the drivetrain for a NFL—that's where it
3: starts. That's yeah. where it starts. Drivetrain so is...
2: for a team is quarterback, O-line, D-line. That is why teams win Super Bowls and championships. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Howie Roseman, Bear Bryant, whatever. There is. Guys who win and win consistently, even though they don't win championships, but they always make the final four, final eight, whatever, either level, it's because their defensive line, offensive line, and their quarterback is there.
3: That's that's my rant. 100%. Couldn't agree more, man. Like, you can have one, and you can have two of those and not the other, and you're going to see it. Um, it, It's going to be glaringly evident. Oh,
2: definitely. All right, fellas. We're about to wrap it up right now. We're about to head off into week four, starting Thursday. Obviously, the Corner Booth uh, pregame will be on Thursday Live. Matt is going to be taking his two-week hiatus, a week and a half hiatus from Corner Booth. I want to congratulate Matt on uh, his special day coming up in a few days. We want to congratulate you, buddy. You and Bianca, we love you both dearly. Um, so it will be me and the rug Rat, me, Mace, and uh, the rug Rat Chris over here. Uh, we will have DJ, obviously. We'll have a few other guests Actually, the DJ is out this week, so we'll have to see what's going on with the guests. Either way, I uh, will be live on Thursday We're going over Matt will text Texas picks, and so Chris will be okay with making sure everything's good. Um, check out for our polls. Chris dropped a great one about the Eagles money line, Eagles, uh, versus Buck Moneyline week. We'll probably drop one tomorrow or Friday. Hope enjoy the rest of your week. We see you on Thursday and, um, just go, birds. Go birds! Go go go
1: birds!
2: Go Sorry, birds! Guys. Hey guys, Jared, thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Bellia Podcast Network.